0: Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the What's Your 9 to 5 podcast. I'm Georgia. And I'm Karis. And today we're interviewing Selwyn Hicks. How are you doing today? Awesome. So the first thing we're going to ask is what is your 9 to 5?
1: Well, my uh, it depends <laughs> on the day. Um, Many days, I'm a lawyer, uh, nine to five. And on other days, my nine to five is an elected representative.
2: Um, What field of law did you go into?
1: Okay, so um, I practice in a small uh, rural community. Uh, So I'm not a specialist. I'm a generalist, I suppose. Kind of like a a doctor would, um, you know, you go and see your family doctor and they are a generalist and then they send you off to a, a specialist because you've got something wrong with your eyes. Uh, For example, uh, same thing in law. So I'm a generalist. So we have a small uh, law office with uh, four lawyers, and we do a little of everything kind. Um, So we do family and criminal, and uh, we do estates and corporate commercial. And uh, I do a special area called provincial uh, offenses. Uh, So I defend uh, people who have been accused of selling tobacco to young people. Uh, unlawfully, which uh, not many lawyers are doing in that area. So I sound like a bad guy. I'm defending these people who are selling tobacco to young people. Uh, But uh, anyways, they need a defense as well.
0: Um, Did you always want to want to be a lawyer?
1: You know what, Um, for a long time, yes. uh, But here was the here was the problem. I didn't have a university degree. So I went to college and I got a social services diploma and I was a social worker for a number of years. Uh, so I worked, um, one of the more interesting jobs I had is I worked as a street worker in downtown Toronto. So I worked with kids who lived on the streets uh, and assisted them to get off the streets. Um, and from that, I sort of um, became a little bit frustrated because I didn't think that I was being terribly helpful in non words. I I didn't feel like my effort uh, was making a difference. Um, So I turned more towards politics or taking action in the political uh, realm. And when I got into politics, I realized that the people with the real power seemed to be the lawyers. They were the ones drafting the legislation. They were the ones sort of uh, behind the scenes and making things happen. So that sparked an interest uh, in law. That and the um, OJ Simpson case, I suppose, <laughs> highly publicized. So, geez, I'd like to do that, right? Yeah. Um, what was your first case like? Oh my gosh, my very first case. Well, I, I would say I had a, a number of cases. I can tell you of uh, one of the very first cases I had was I came out of law school. And when you come out of law school, you're still a law student, you're articling. Uh, and so I got assigned a file um, for a very, very famous um, razor company. And uh, the razor company came out with a product called Canned Air. Are you familiar with canned air? It's like a, a spray can and it has air in it. And you use it to spray out your keyboard. Or in mm-hmm. this case, you could spray air into the razors uh, to get the stubble out of the, the shaving mechanism. Okay. Now, it was an American company and they brought the product into Canada Um, and just put it on shelves. And one of the competitors complained that you put this product on the shelf and it has, it requires an explosive symbol in Canada. And my job was to keep the product on the shelf from September till December, which is when they (laughs) sell most of the product. they said, after December, we'll look into this explosive (laughs) thing. For right now, we don't wanna take the product off the shelf. Uh, We want it to remain on the shelf. So we got into, that was my first case, keep the product on the shelf until Christmas. And uh, anyways, that was my first case, and I was successful at keeping the product on the shelf. And at the end of it all, the other side said, ah, we're going to go away. We, we were only interested, really, in getting the product off the shelf before Christmas.
0: Okay. Um, what is an average day like for you? Oh my gosh, it
1: depends on the day. I have to tell you, if it's a day of the law, it could be so interesting or mundane uh, at times. So interesting means people come in to you with all kinds of problems and it's your job to help them find a solution. So people will come in with problems that you couldn't even make up. So that makes life kind of interesting because people's problems because (laughs) the thing that keeps you entertained. But people get into all kinds of difficulties and they come in to a lawyer, usually when they've got something that they need help with, right? Uh, so that can keep uh, life uh, interesting. Sometimes you're going to court and co- court always requires an, an enormous amount of preparation. So you've got to know your case code, you've got to know your case law, you've got to know what it is that you're planning to do when you get into uh, court. And that can be exciting going to court, I suppose. I enjoy that the best, uh, going to court. And other days it could be really mundane. You know, Maybe you're doing paperwork or you're drafting a contract or you are drafting someone's will for them, um, or you are signing off documents or whatever it may be, it could be very sort of boring. Um, On the political side, um, you know, I could have a number of meetings. Uh, There are uh, committees of council and, you know, I'm serving as the warden for the County of Gray, which keeps me very, very busy. So there are a number of task forces on the go. So I could be having meetings with uh, members of, uh, parliament or members of um, provincial parliament. Um, I could be having a task force uh, meeting or I could be having a council meeting um, or perhaps I'm just uh, engaging with staff uh, on a daily basis or I may be signing off documents like contracts that the warden is required to review and sign before it takes effect, that sort of thing. Right now, we're extremely busy with COVID. So behind the scenes, while everyone is uh, you know doing their thing around COVID, municipalities are creating um, rules, and and, uh, we are uh, having to still carry out services, but in a COVID environment, which can be challenging.
0: Do you get nervous before you go to court?
1: I think if you don't get nervous, you're going to be in trouble. That's a really (laughs) good question. People ask that all the time, do you get nervous? Uh, Yes, a little bit of uh, nerves is a good thing. I think if you're too nervous, then that's a problem, uh, too. But uh, ner- nerves for me gets me to perform. So I like a little bit of nerve to come in there. Yeah. But I got to tell you, there's nothing better than having confidence in your case. So if you prepare well and uh, you've got a good sense of the theory of your case, you know, it's like storytelling, you know. So I know I'm going to go into the court and I have to uh, tell the tell story in a way that's going to be convincing for the side of the case that I want to project. So, you know, how is that story going to be told in a way that's going to be advantageous to my client? What are the words that I want to get out of a particular witness that I may be cross-examining? And how do those words contribute to the story that I want to tell? So I love that strategy. I love that. I'm putting a witness on the stand. And from this witness, my objective is to get them to say, these five or six words that are really important to my story? And how am I gonna get those words out of their mouth? Uh, And so my question are all related to getting that out of them. Uh, And that's fun in my opinion.
2: So coming back to your, your first case or the case you're talking about, how did you argue that? How did you argue like a can of air that had like explosive on it, like from September to December?
1: Yeah. So keep in mind that there is the law um, and then there's strategy. My um, the instructions that I got from my senior partner was keep the product off, um, sorry, on the shelf until Christmas. Uh, so how do I do that on the other side saying you need to take that product off the shelf immediately because it requires an explosive signal uh, symbol, which you don't have. Uh, first of all, that symbol wasn't required in the U.S. Uh, So we know in in accordance with U.S. law, law, it it didn't require the explosive symbol. Does it require the explosive symbol in Canada? So um, my strategy was to write to the other side and say, I've been retained. And uh, your argument is that this symbol is required. Uh, However, that still has to be proven. Let me do some research and get back to you. So then I write them and I say, I've been doing some research. And the research isn't really conclusive. I think we'd like to have an expert weigh in on some of the specifics under the uh, legislation to determine whether or not we require that explosive symbol. And so I'm now uh, reaching out to some experts who are going to do some testing of the product and to see whether the symbol is required in Canada. Of course, all of this takes time. So then a a few weeks before Christmas, I write to them, I say, um, you know, the experts have now uh, completed the testing. And uh, in short order, we, sh- we will know whether or not the symbol is required. And when I know that, I'll let you know. Well, they finally wrote back to me and said, we don't care anymore. You, you win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, what would you be doing right now if you
1: weren't a lawyer? Oh, my gosh. I- as a kid, I always wanted to be a pilot. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'd be a pilot uh, uh, right now. Um, but I can't imagine uh, a more uh, interesting uh, career. I love uh, uh, being a lawyer. I like the fact that you're never bored, uh, and also the law allows you to do so much because the law intersects with just about everything. So if you're into science and you know you want to help people with patent uh, law, or if you're into medical and you know you want to assist in in that regard, the law is so huge that it, you can find something to interest everybody. I love the courtroom. You might have picked up the, I love to chat. Um, So that's the place where I find uh, satisfaction and where I'm particularly good, uh, because I love storytelling, I love the art of cross-examination, I love everything about the courtroom, so uh, I honestly don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing law, maybe
2: doing more politics. Would you have ever considered being a judge?
1: Well, yes, sure. Um, it's uh, quite an honor to, uh, to serve as a judge in my view. Um, you know, many lawyers uh, debate that because you can make a lot more money as a lawyer than you can as a judge quite often. Um, but a lot of people look at the prestige of a judge and uh, maybe towards the end of their career, they're not that interested in the money uh, anymore and they're interested in that level of, uh, of service. Uh, so, uh, sure, uh, it's something to consider.
0: Um, if you had, if you weren't a generalist lawyer, and you decided to go into um, a specific one, like, did you ever have an idea of what specific type of law you wanted to do, or did you just were you interested in law as a whole?
1: That's a great question. Uh, you know, I entered law school thinking I would be, uh, I wanted to be a defense um, uh, lawyer, you know, criminal law to defend. Um, people in criminal situations. And then I got introduced to family law and found, found that kind of interesting uh, as well. But the real thing that caught my interest in law school, which I have no way of knowing that would be of interest to me, is constitutional law. So I think if, if I were ever a specialist, I'd love to be a specialist in the area of constitutional uh, law.
0: Um, what job experience did you have before becoming a lawyer?
1: So I mentioned that I was a, a social worker uh, previously to going to law school. Uh, so I, I mentioned that I didn't have uh, a university degree. So I went to school and I, I got a um, social services diploma from Centennial College and went straight to work. And I was a social worker for a number of years, uh, and then got interested uh, in law. And generally, if you want to go to law school, you better have a university degree, and you better have really good marks (laughs) from uh in that university undergrad uh, and then applied to law school you tend to have the cream of the crop uh in law school a lot of really smart people and i have to tell you i felt like a fish out of water because i applied as an adult i guess Uh, and here i am in school with these really smart people and let me give you a quick example day one contracts contracts 101 and i'm in this big auditorium and you got the professor way down, and the professor's explaining the course, and she's telling us what contracts, the study of contracts, is going to entail. And she's giving us the overview, and then she says, and for further details, refer to your syllabus. I turned to the girl next to me and I said, Excuse me, what's a syllabus? And she said, It's your course outline, it's sitting right in front of you. And I said, Thank you. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble. I didn't know what a syllabus was. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, I felt very much like a fish out of water and my objective was I, I just want to pass. I wasn't looking for the highest mark or anything like that. I just wanted to graduate. And I'm happy to say that I did very very well, but it was a lot of hard work, really hard work. Yeah. I never worked harder than when I was in law school.
0: Yeah.
1: And by the way, I went on and did an MBA after I did uh, my law degree. Uh, and even that well wasn't as hard as law school.
0: Wow.
1: Law school is about two and a half to three hours of reading for every hour that you spend in class. Is it a lot of memorization? It can be, yes, um, except that most of your exams are open books. So you can bring in any book that you want, all the notes that you want, but you have limited time in- <laughs> If you're fishing around for the answer during the exam, you're probably not gonna complete the exam. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a lot of work and it can be a fair bit of uh, memorization, but part of what you're trying to do is make sure that you can get to the area uh, very quickly and find that solution. So it's knowing the process of, uh, of getting to the area where the answer is. Um, and coming back to exams, what
2: is the bar exam and like, how did you prepare for it?
1: Okay, so they're called bar ads, bar exams. Uh, So my theory on the bar ads is that the law society doesn't trust the university system. So you go to school, you go to law school for three years, and at the end of the three years, you get an, an LLB, a Bachelor of Laws, right? And so now you think, okay, I have a Bachelor of Laws, I should be able to go and work as a lawyer. Law society says, whoa, wait a second, you now have to pass our exam. So having a university degree alone is not good enough. So you're going to do our courses. And so now you're going to do um, courses in all of the, the major areas. And then you're going to write an exam at the end of their course. Those are known as the bar ads. It's not one exam. It's a series of exams that you're going to do. So you might do one on constitutional law, another one on contracts, another one on criminal law, and on and on, at the end of each of those courses that the law society um, offers, you write an exam. And when you pass the exam, it's proof to the law society that you have the knowledge that re- they require to call you to the bar. So you then get called to the bar after you write your, um, your bar ads. It's
0: a lot of exams. Wow.
1: Uh, Yes. i got to tell you, when I finished law school, I didn't want to read again. (laughs) I I ended up taking a a course in culinary arts uh, at George Brown College uh, because it didn't require much reading.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, What advice would you give to someone who would like to study law?
1: The advice that I would give them uh, is, uh, number one, um, know that it's what you want to do because you're going to be working uh, really, really hard. And uh, you know, it either is or it isn't. The advice that I would give to someone is try to get some experience before you even go to law school. So I've had high school students come and uh, work at my uh, law office just to be in the office and to see what does a lawyer do, uh, you know, day to day. The majority of what we do is actually quite boring. It's not what you see on TV. So you know, when you see that person say, here's my materials to suppress the evidence or whatever, I know that behind the scenes, it takes, you know, weeks and months to get those materials together. You don't just serve it on the on the side, on the, on the steps of the courthouse and say, you know, that gun will never see the, the you know, the, the inside of a courtroom, I'm gonna, here's my motion to suppress. Uh, so a, a lot of what we do is reading, uh, writing, uh, paying close attention Uh, to detail because words matter. Uh, So, you know, when you're looking over a contract, you know, may or must or shall, uh, these words have a lot of meaning. So you have to read things with intent um, uh, very much. So I can remember back in law school, learning that right off the bat because I I served in a community legal aid clinic, which law students get to do. So while you're attending law school, you can, uh, you know, practice a little bit by working in the legal aid uh, clinics. One of the cases I had was uh, a young guy uh, who had passed a vehicle on a roadway. So he was impatient and he was in the roadway and the guy had his left blinker on in front of him and he didn't want to wait for this guy because, you know, he didn't want to wait. So he put two wheels on the gravel and two wheels on the roadway and passed that gentleman and went around him. So the two or three other people and they all received tickets. Uh, for passing off a roadway so here i am having to defend this person how you defend a person you got a ticket for passing unlawfully off the roadway my first argument was your honor he wasn't off the roadway he was on it and <laughs> judge very quickly said he was on the roadway okay well did he unlawfully um pass and start to look at the words now and when you read the legislation it says You must overtake and pass another vehicle off the roadway. So I started looking up the words. Well, what does overtake mean and what does pass mean? These things have meaning. And it didn't say overtake or pass. It says you must overtake and pass, which tells you that they're not the same thing. You have to overtake and you have to pass. So they can't mean the same thing. They must mean different things. So what do they mean? so i go and i look up pass the word pass is to come to and go beyond so if you come to something and go beyond it you've passed it but then when i look up overtake it's to come to and go beyond in a course of motion so figure you're on the highway you're behind somebody you're both moving right and you're behind the person but you're going at a greater rate of speed so you come up to the person and then you overtake the person so overtake take has to be in motion both vehicles have to be in motion so guess what my defense was the vehicle that he passed he passed it but he has to pass and overtake it he could not have overtaken the other vehicle because it was not in motion and he has to do both elements So this is is the fun we get to have, you know, you you look at words and words have meaning and you make your argument. Anyways, I did, I was successful in that case. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the creativity that you have to put to your arguments.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Um, So to end off this interview, we're going to play a little game that we're calling Five Seconds. Um, And if you don't know how to play, we basically name a category, for example, movies, and you have to name three of them in five seconds.
1: Okay, I'm going to struggle with this. i know. not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first category is three fields of law.
1: Three fields of law. Oh, easy. Constitutional, uh, contracts, and criminal.
2: Second one, three
0: movies that involve law.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, there's so many of them. Why can't I think of <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I saw just the other day um, uh, on the basis of sex. Uh, and goodness, I'm, I'm only thinking of a series, Law and Order, uh, okay. but it's not a movie. And what's the other one filmed in Toronto, which is kind of fun? With Meghan Markle.
2: If I had to say one, I'd say Legally Blonde. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that's
2: true,
0: yeah. Are you thinking uh, of Suits? Or who? Suits, is that the one that you're thinking of?
1: No, it's a series. So come on, Meghan Markle, Markle's in it. Um, uh, anyways, I can't remember it. I'm terrible, I'm sorry, not good at that.
2: Um, um, third is Three Famous Criminal Cases.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Famous. Gosh, you'd have to almost pick an area of law, but uh, I would say the person's case. um, That's a case in which uh, women argued to become persons in law in Canada. Um, um, Gosh. I can think of areas of law and having the case that stood for thin skull uh, rule, uh, means you get, your, you get your victim as you get them, even if they have a thin skull, um, Belgamook, hmm. a very famous case, uh, enshrining um, indigenous rights.
0: Three most common reasons people hire a lawyer.
1: Um, well, usually it's breach of contract. That's uh, the biggest area. Um, so you you entered into a contract and you, you allege that the other side didn't uh, do their side of the contract, that they breached uh, the contract. Um, you've done something stupid and uh, you got yourself a ticket or worse, a charge, and you now want to be defended. Or uh, simply you're buying a house and you want to make sure that the house that you're buying is legitimate and you want a lawyer to assist you yeah. uh, with the with the purchase.
2: Um. last one, three things people think are laws, but are not.
1: Oh, my goodness. I don't know what that would be. You think it's a law, but it's not a law. I have no idea. All good, that's I don't not I think anything. I could name. Help me with that. People think it's a law, but it's not a law. Yeah, I've, I couldn't think of one. I know a lot of times people think, I do this in grade 11 classes when I go and speak to them. Um, they think that the charter, that you have charter rights against each other. So do I have a charter right against you? And do you have charter rights against me? Do you know what the answer to that is? I do not the answer is no charter rights only apply against government so I have charter rights against the government so the the Charter prevents the government from infringing the rights that I have okay so it applies only to government or government actors so a lot of people are of the belief that the Charter applies to between persons it does not human rights apply between person to person. So if you uh, refuse to hire me because uh, I am uh, gay, okay? Uh, I I disclose to you I'm gay and you say, geez, no thanks. Um, Well, that would be a violation of my human rights. So now you have violated my human rights, Um, but charter uh, rights are only against government. Does that help? I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. (laughs) Um. Th- that's everything we have for you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I actually am way more interested in law than I was before this interview. So.
1: Oh, good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. It's an exciting field. I love it. And uh, Anyways, thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: And for the listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time on What's Your Night class